We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yo, what's good, Knicks Nation? Alex Jeteris here, a.k.a. the Tratocaster, back again with another Game of the Week preview. This time we're previewing Game 5 of the Eastern Conference fin- Semifinals between the New York Knicks and the Miami Heat, which you can catch tomorrow, Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. on TNT. New York will be back home at Madison Square Garden. And we got a returning guest, Brady Hawk, weed heat writer for Five Reasons Sports. Phenomenal guest, that is. But before we ask Brady how he is doing... Make sure to hit that thumbs up button for your boys and make sure to check out KnicksFanTV.com. What's going on, Brady? How are you doing today? How are you feeling? You must be feeling great. <laughs> I'm doing How good. Doing? I mean, I mean, yeah, I felt I feel like last time I was on, we, we, you said a similar thing, but I think I should be feeling a lot better even than the last time <laughs> I, I came on. But yeah, I'm doing good. <laughs> I would hope so, man. I mean, the heater up 3-1, so I can only imagine being the lead heat rider for five reasons sports. Things going well, uh, you know, thing, a lot of things have changed since uh, we last spoke. What was it? We, we previewed game two. Mm-hmm. So Miami was up 1-0. We tied after that preview, but now it's 3-1 in Miami's favor, and they're looking to close the game out tomorrow at Madison Square Garden, but we'll see what happens tomorrow. But before we, but before we get into predictions or anything of that nature, let's start off with this. What did you see from yesterday's game that led to the Heat winning? I think the main thing that stuck out to me is I felt like the Knicks got beat at their own game, <laughs> basically, where it was like many of these games have not been like pretty offensive games. Like like that's what we expected, I guess, in Heat Knicks anyway. Uh, but the kind of the if, before the series started, we said to ourselves, uh, for the Knicks, at least, the, they have the advantage as depth, the, the bench scoring. They have the advantage on the boards offensively. That's how they're going to create a lot of their offense. And I look at yesterday with the way that Miami's bench continues to produce. The, the Knicks didn't have that extra punch, especially because Quickly was out. Even so, like they didn't even have the, the possibility of having that extra punch. Uh, and then the way in that fourth quarter, when it felt like the Knicks could have potentially made it a game, like got over that final hump and got it even, the Miami just killed them on the offensive boards. It was like Miami could not score. And they just kept fighting for extra possession, extra possession. It was like, wait, this is what the Knicks are usually doing. And it's like, if there was one major takeaway, it felt like they were just getting beat at their own game. And it felt like, and the other part of it is like, we talked all the time about like kind of the, the hustle part and all that stuff and just kind of having that energy. And it felt like 
there were some possessions where even I rewatched it and I'm like, I know Randall said like they just wanted it more. It, it kind of looked like they did because it was like part of it was on. Like I I don't even like a lot of possessions was like Randall was just kind of like standing there and I just watched Miami just running into transition. He was just leaning in the backcourt and it's like mm. it's just it's just tough to like be in that situation where all of your things that were your strengths becoming your weaknesses in that point of the season is like a lot of the reasons I felt like they, they kind of fell specifically in that game four. So uh, Jimmy got his numbers and we've constantly kind of focused on that Jimmy element, but it wasn't, it didn't even feel like a Jimmy dominant game. It just felt like it was more so on the outer areas where, where Miami kind of pulled through. Has there, have you felt like we'll get to Randall in a second, but have you felt that there's been a Jimmy dominant game? Because Jimmy's been very consistent this entire series. Like every day, every game he's played, he's gotten his numbers, he's gotten his rebounds, he's gotten his assists. I felt like he's it hasn't been anything crazy where you get that 50 plus point performance in the Milwaukee series, but I feel like he's been consistent, which is what you want from your star, right? You want to be able to show up every single night, perform to that high level standard. Would would you agree with that? Or or do you think he's played at another level and I'm not seeing it? No, I definitely it felt like he's just been doing I just don't think he's had to like it, like in the Bucks series, he had to go for like that 50 point game. It felt like because Miami mm-hmm. wasn't getting stuff from the other like right now, like even when they throw doubles or do this type of stuff, like they're getting other contributions off the pass and off the the catch and they're getting these other things. And even yesterday, it was the big Bam game. I thought Bam was huge in that game for obviously uh, even aside from the stat sheet. I love stat sheet watchers that are <laughs> the Heat fans. I love to see Bam kind of get those things like he was doing a lot of other things that that was positive where it's like. Jimmy, I guess, doesn't need to do that and have that extra punch, but I totally agree. It wasn't, it's not like he's been overbearing in a way. Though my only take on Jimmy in the series, why I thought he's been very good, is that it feels like even in a lot of these games, every time it feels like the Knicks have that punch, he kind of reels it back in a little bit. Like, and that's kind of been the one thing I've noticed a ton. Like, even last night, it felt like, oh, the Knicks, now they're gonna make it a game in this fourth quarter. And he comes out and he has like an and one reverse, and then he kind of does another thing. And it's like he's done that part of it to kind of just be the like the uh, have kind of have it in control, I'll say, but it he definitely hasn't been that dominant. But even while saying that, it's like, yeah, he's average, he's still averaging a pretty high number. But when you're talking in consideration when he was averaging like 37 two weeks yeah. ago, it's like, yeah, for his standards, it's it's not as high. But like you said, it's like, I don't know if he really needs to at this point because everybody else has, has been doing kind of their part. Yeah, absolutely. And when I look at everyone else doing their part, I'm thinking about all the role players and how they've been you know, stepping up and what's been, what's been the answer for that? Is it, has it been because they're just playing off of Jimmy and Jimmy's getting to the spots or is it the Knicks doing something defensively? What have you seen throughout this entire series where you got guys like Max Strews who's shooting the three ball? Well, you have Gabe Vincent showing up on nights. You got Caleb Martin making timely contributions as well as Kevin Love. Obviously Kyle Lowry has now like really taken it to another level in this series. What, what are you seeing from everybody else on the Miami Heat? So I think there's different reasons for different guys. And I'll say like specifically with Max, the one that has been the one thing that's caught me by surprise is I felt like he's had way more airspace than he probably should have. If you're Mm -hmm. an opposing team where it's like he he just his comfort spots is kind of catching and firing. Like he's one of those guys that like he's going to get his shot up like he doesn't care. He doesn't see contests like for it's a weird scenario with him, but it works for him. And it's like I've, I've seen specifically in this last game, it felt like every catch was comfortable. Like he was just getting these shots off handoffs and, and spot ups and everything. And I'm like, he just seems more comfortable than he probably should be. So I think that's one thing. And then you think the other scenario is like, 
uh, is the closeout thing where they're they're the Knicks have been really showing on closeouts. Like they have been flying out on, on certain guys, which is like, yeah, you want to do that to shooters. Like you want to fly them, uh, kind of get them off the three and do that. But it felt like sometimes it's kind of the wrong guy. Like Caleb, even when he had the big dunk yesterday, it's like they chase him off the three to an extent where he's able to get these, these kind of rim runs where it's like, uh, I don't know. It just felt like they've been, the role players have played to their strengths in a way that a lot of series just usually don't go for role players. Like usually you see their weaknesses more than their strengths. And it's mm-hmm. a credit, I guess, credit to the coaching staff or whatever to be able to do that. But I also think it's just, it, it's just working out in this scenario where it's like, uh, and to your point, I think it's the Jimmy factor as well. Like if they're going to throw doubles, he said it yesterday that uh, he likes being doubled because <laughs> he can make the, and just like he, if he's just going to troll anyway, like he's just going to say that stuff. Uh, but it definitely, it, it looks good when your guys are hitting shots. And that's been, been the scenario. Like even last game, I thought they, Jimmy ends up with 10 assists. That's because off those doubles, they're hitting shots. So, uh, battle of the role players, it feels like in this series. And that's kind of been the way I think it's leaned Miami. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and speaking about battle of role players, you know, Knicks didn't have IQ yesterday. He's doubtful for tomorrow, uh, as was reported today. How was Miami able to come out in game four and attack the Knicks without Emmanuel quickly? It's it, it was it was definitely and the lineup change was the big thing, obviously, it started off because it kind of it, I won't say it triggered it, but I think they knew that they needed an extra score in the starting lineup, especially without quickly like they kind of needed that extra punch. Uh and I thought it through with some of the things that Miami liked to do in game three off, like the, some mm-hmm. of the stuff where they put Max on Hart and they kind of let him freelance a little bit where he wasn't able to get attacked. This mm-hmm. game, it wasn't as so. He had to play a little bit more on ball. Like there was certain things where it felt like it could have leaned in the Knicks' favor, uh, and it just didn't. And then this, I think it leans back to the quickly point, just leans back to my point earlier about the bench points. Like it's just like it felt like that was going to be the one area that Miami was absolutely going to get dominated. Like we could talk about the offensive rebounding thing, it felt that could sway back and forth. Like that is depending on game and, and pace and so many different things. It felt like the bench was going to get dominated. And it, it, it's, I'm watching these lineups from Miami and I'm like, I'm looking at Kyle Lowry, Duncan Robinson, Caleb Haywood, Highsmith, and Cody Zeller on the floor together in a playoff game in the second round. And I'm like, this lineup should not be winning this, 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 these minutes. Like they just shouldn't. Uh, and it felt like they just squeak by in a pretty even game and just muck it up. And it's like, the Knicks aren't kind of scoring on their other side of things where they're not being scored on. So it's like, that's the missing quickly piece where it's, I know he wasn't even giving that much of a punch anyway, before the injury, like that was kind of the, the X factor felt like many nights, but definitely now it it changed things the way that they were able to do things defensively. So it just feels like every time that these games come up, they're like one step short, one guy short. And I feel like that's been the theory of the playoffs for anybody, but definitely the quick, quickly factor, you even look around the league and it's like, you look in Maxi in, in Philly tonight where it's like that guy is the X factor that could put mm-hmm. you over the top. Then you go Absolutely. on the other side side of the, the, the balance where it's like Jordan Poole in the Golden State where it's like when that guy's not producing and that's your X factor that could kind of put you over the top certain nights and he is nowhere to be found. It's a problem. So that's the quickly factor. It's like you don't have that guy either way now. Like you, you don't have that balance. It's just it is what it is at this point. So it, it's going to be an interesting thing to monitor. Absolutely. And, you know, for the net rating of the New York Knicks bench right now, they're minus 0.8, which is crazy considering once we got Josh Hart, the Knicks were actually top, like when it came to net rating and their performance. I think they were top 10 the last time I checked. And you see that change, like quickly hasn't been in it. Obviously, he didn't play yesterday. Josh Hart was in the starting rotation. I'm happy that Grimes was back in the starting rotation because 
as you pointed out, Max Struess wasn't able to kind of float around, right? And mm -hmm. really help with the paint because you actually have to honor Grimes just because he hasn't been hitting the three that well throughout the entire playoffs. You still have to honor his shot rather than Josh Hart, who was pump faking, driving, and was shortening the half court for everybody else, right? So that's that's why I like getting Grimes back out there. But unfortunate that you put Grimes back out in the starting rotation when you then don't have quickly who's, you know, him and Josh Hart were that one, two punch for the bench. And now with quickly out, it's, you know, it throws off the entire rhythm. So yeah. it's odd timing for Tom Thibodeau. I wish he did it earlier, considering that we saw Grimes towards the end of the, of the Cavs series. He was in game. Uh, I think it was game five. Yeah. He came back for game five and I think he came back for game five where he was back for game one. I can't, I can't remember right now. I have to, I have to look back at it, but once he was ready to go, he should have been playing. Uh, in the starting rotation just because he helps create that spacing for guys like Randall, RJ, Brunson. And I just wished his went to that sooner rather than later, because now you're in this hole where you're three and one Miami has been in position. They, they, they start, they got, they won the first game at home. No Randall. Okay, fine. You bounce back, you tie it up. Now you go down to Miami. And I just wish he did that change because now it's in Miami's favor being up three, one in the series. They're in the driver's seat and now the New York Knicks have the back, their backs against the wall. And now you're just looking for answers. And now that you lose quickly, uh, you don't know when he's going to be back. You're just asking for everyone to play above their levels for these next couple of games. And, and speaking about playing above their levels and stuff like that, you mentioned Julius Randle for, uh, you know, the lack of effort that you saw defensively. What have the Heat done to, to I guess, stop Julius Randle since he's returned in this series? So it's interesting because the, I feel like they've done certain things to Brunson and RJ, like specifically, like they've went at them. And I, I've talked about kind of the, the matchup things they've done and they've switched it and made adjustments mid series. As for Randall, it feels like from start to finish, they've just basically said, we're just going to throw like a different body at him almost every possession. Like, it's like, we're going to have somebody just go at you. That's going to guard you differently every time where you're not going to be able to guess, be comfortable with the same shot over and over. Like if, Bam's guarding him. He knows what spot he can get to. And it's like, well, Kyle's guarding you now. And it's like, well, Kyle's getting into his stance and he's kind of just being annoying. And he's just trying to just put you out of your, your placement into in, before a double comes. And it's like, I don't know. I just haven't seen him really be comfortable uh, so far. And it's like, I, I remember covering the game at home here uh, during the regular season where he had that big game and he had the game winner. It was like, he looked comfortable all night. Like he, he didn't seem at one point in that game. I remember uh, looking out of sorts and it's like, that's, that's the big difference maker. And I think, uh, credit to Spo, I guess, because they, I think they've made him uncomfortable and kind of sending those doubles. And I think to your point earlier, they, there's guys like Josh Hart that they're helping off of in those spaces. And they've made it a real priority to kind of wall off the, the kind of middle of the paint area, just no matter if it's a Brunson pick and roll or if it's a Randall ISO, they're going to be helping in that range. Just kind of just make you shoot those kind of in-between shots, which Brunson is actually really good with, which is kind of where that can be, you can be beaten. As for mm -hmm. Randall, you'll live with those shots. Like, I think that's kind of where their mindset is. So I feel like they just, it, it just felt like they've just been throwing a ton of stuff at him, just kind of different matchups, different coverages. And uh, he just hasn't been efficient yet. It's just, it feels like that's been the the wrench kind of that's been thrown for New York's offense. It's like, if he's, you mentioned playing above your level, like heading in the rest of the series, like if, if you can have him playing above his level, things look different. When he gets into a rhythm and he's able to get to the basket and he's able to play that bully ball a little bit, Things look different for your offense, but until that trigger is being utilized, it feels like everything else around him is not going to be as good as it possibly can. So uh, 
I don't know. I think it, it, mostly I, I we could talk about individual defenders, but I think it's mostly Spo what I've seen with dealing with Randy. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. And once again, we're talking to Brady Hawk. He's the lead Miami Heat writer for Five Reasons Sports. Once again, Knicks Nation, salute to all you for tuning in. Make sure to hit that thumbs up button for your boys. Make sure to check out KnicksFanTV.com. And salute to all everyone in the chat right now. Salute to Knicks Nation. We see some of you in the chat right now. Talking it up, we see Joel 820 New York Knicks. We see Audi 100. We see Mikey Jones. Shout out to all of you for being in the chat. Uh, salute to all the channel members as well. And to any mods that are in the chat as well. All right, Brady. Well, game, game four is in a wraps. We're looking to game five now. Knicks are back home. They're looking to keep this season alive, trying to push it out to another game. Do the Knicks need to focus on slowing down Jimmy Butler or do they need to focus on the role players? Because we talked about it. Jimmy hasn't necessarily had to go to that level, right? To see the true, true playoff Jimmy that we've seen before. But he's been making critical plays at the right moments of the game when you see the Knicks are trying to make a comeback, when they're when they're needing momentum just to try to get the lead again. That's what Jimmy has done. So for New York... Do they need to focus in on him or did they need to focus in on the supporting cast? I have always been a proponent of if I am the opposing team, if I'm the Knicks, I am still trying to slow Jimmy down because if I, I, I just, I am personally betting on Miami's role players, just kind of not hitting shots, especially if you're taking this one game at a time. I know that's constantly the motto heading into a game five. It's like, you just, 
Miami could possibly, the role players could just not shoot as well. And then all of a sudden things look a lot different. You just got to bother Jimmy, I guess, as much as possible because I, I just, I, I know he can get comfortable really easily. And I don't think you want that. I just, you can let a guy, I know you, there's like the, the take on like, just let this guy just, even if he gets 40 and then the rest of the guys are slowed down, it's like, but it never really works out like that. It feels like, like, even when that happens, it's, there's other creases of the game where a guy can get this, the turnovers and this and that. I, I personally am trying to slow Jimmy down as much as possible, make him uncomfortable because if, if it, there's a tight game in a scenario and it, like, if like, let's say game three, for example, if you're, if that's a little tighter around the second quarter halftime, and then all of a sudden you're just keep throwing things at Jimmy, things could look different, but I, I'm not as worried as, as, if I'm the opposing team about like the shooting, the the specialists, even like the Gabe Vincent, Kyle Lowry pull-ups. Like if I'm them, I'm like, take those pull-ups because I'm not getting attacked in the paint by Jimmy or getting mid post thing looks out of that. So it's like the only thing, like I said, I remember, I think I said this on here the last time it was like, there's the things about throwing things at Jimmy. It's like, Teams always say, like, why don't you just blitz out on Jimmy? Jimmy doesn't care about a blitz. Like, blitz, like he's trying to get to the basket. So a blitz ultimately is not going to do anything. The things that do stuff to him is, like, if he has it in the mid post, and you send a double at him. If he has it in the low post, and you send a double at him. If he's driving, and you send help down from the three, and he's, and he's just kind of has defenders all around him. But, like, when you're talking about, like, normal pick and roll coverages, and it's like, I've seen that a lot from the Knicks. There was a possession where Miami ran, like, a horn set. So it was like, he went to his left, they hedged. And he went to his right. They hedged as well. And he just went around the hedge, <laughs> the blitz, and he just went to the basket and ended up at a score. And it's like blitzing does nothing for him. He's going to get around it eventually, and he's going to get to his spots in the paint. You want to blitz him down low. So it's like if I'm New York, that is what I'm leaning on. I'm, I'm not going to bet on uh, – to worry too much, I guess, about Miami's role players and, and kind of let Jimmy just do his thing. And, and you know, I agree with you because uh, I've had some discussions on do you want to stop the role players. And I'm, I'm never in the mindset of like letting – the star player just go off because it's even the same thing that the Knicks did against the Cavs with Donovan Mitchell. Like you had to slow Donovan Mitchell down mm -hmm. and you had to force those star players to their weaknesses and force and, and, and really rattle them. Right now, obviously for Jimmy, he's much different because he's seasoned vet. He's done this many times. He's been in the playoffs for so many years. Um, this is not the first time, first go around with Miami that he's made deep playoff runs. Uh, but to your point, getting him in the low post and trying to throw a double that way, I'd like to see the Knicks do that. As we've seen, it's it's the Knicks are kind of doing the same thing. It's not actually kind of they're doing the same thing that has failed the Milwaukee Bucks, which is a lot of drop. They're just allowing guys to get into the paint, get to their mid range spots, and it's like we just saw this play out against Milwaukee. Why are we doing the same thing? Which is to me, why aren't we just leaving guys at the level around the three point line, guarding guys like Struess? Gabe Vincent and stuff like that, allowing Jimmy just to try to get into a spot. And then you send the help once he's down there. That's the stuff that I want to see. Instead it's reverse. And it's like, okay, so now we're just going to let everybody get into rhythm. I kind of, and I, and I believe that is why those, the role players have gotten into that rhythm because closing out on a player, when you have to go from the post or anywhere else and you're so deep in it's, it's a challenge. Mm -hmm. Unless you're the flash, you're not going to get out there and really create that much pressure. So I'd love to see the Knicks just switch it up a bit. Although that's probably asking for a lot because that's what they've been doing throughout the entire regular season. But there, you know, it's not just Jimmy that stopped that not, that's just been attacking the Knicks either. Right. It's Kyle Lowry. It's everybody else. It's Max Struess. It's also Bam Adebayo. So if you're the Knicks, right. And it's J Jimmy's going to get his, you're going to try the, the, to slow him down. Who's the next guy you got to slow down. Is it Bam? Is it Lowry? Which of those two guys? 
out of those two guys, it, it definitely has to be Bam, I would say, because uh, he's just such a rhythm player. He's such a – like, it, once he gets in a little bit of a rhythm early, it's been seen all season and even, like, this last game. Once he got in a little rhythm early, then he starts feeling <laughs> kind of feeling himself confidence-wise, and it seems like he starts just – uh, it's not even about the scoring. It's about everything else that just being a hub offensively. It's like everything comes out of that. But I will say in terms of who you need to slow down, and it, it may not be either. Like it, my take on it is like with the way I've seen this heat offense running and in, in the, there's been more move. Like if you watch this team in the regular season, this is a completely different team. Like the, the movement, the ball movement, like none of this makes sense. Uh, but it, <laughs> If You're not making like, me feel great, Brady. <laughs> it's it, just not a lot makes sense in general. Like if you just look at anything that's translated, it doesn't make sense in this playoffs. It's just things are making just happening because of Jimmy, it feels like. But in terms of the second player, there's specialists that's on the floor at all times. If it's Max, even if it's Duncan, even when he had a, a kind of a tough shooting game in game four, that feels like their, their trigger and key and their bridge to a lot of their offense. So it's like if you let Max get in these in these like comfortable spots and then all of a sudden the pocket pass starts to open up when you start to react to it. And then everything just, everything comes from there in this heat offense where it's like, if you let Max continually get this airspace and you let these certain shooters getting this type of uh, rhythm, Miami's offense is going to be at least decently comfortable. So it's like, bam. Yeah. You could, I don't know if they're going to throw a ton at bam. Like they're just going to let him kind of deal with that single coverage. See if he hits those mid range shots, see what he can, they're going to make Miami work for it to get bam involved. Uh, and I don't know if they're going to do, t- I mean, Kyle is just, it, it, I mean, he's been efficient, but I feel like it's been more so the the way he set everybody else up has been the kind of what his impact has been uh, with those lineups. Like I mentioned that lineup he's been in, in that bench lineup, that's absolutely a, on paper, an insane five to run out in a playoff series. And it's like, I think last game they ran it in the beginning of the second quarter, they ran it for two minutes and went from a one point lead to a four point lead. Like, that is the Knicks' chance to absolutely break away. Like, you cannot have a lead extend on the other side when that lineup is on the floor. But Kyle's been doing that type of stuff, and it feels like it's not even just Kyle. It's just the movement in general. And it starts with the Duncans. It starts with the Maxes, with these handoffs and the pick and rolls. That feels like it's opening everything else up. So we'll see how they deal with it. I'd expect that those shooters will see a little less room moving forward in this series. That's kind of my expectation, but uh, we'll see. I, I think they have to... I said it last time. I remember we kept talking about the, everything comes back to the shooting. We'll see. It like the, the three-point shooting. <laughs> it's like if you have a couple of these games where if you bother a shooter, things could look different. And even on the Knicks side, if, you, if you're talking about in Miami's favor, if the Knicks continue to shoot at the level that they are, Miami's going to have a decent chance to win. So it's like that's a lot of them that see the, the kind of the results of the shooting in the process. And, you know, it's – the shooting from three hasn't been that great for my, for either team throughout this entire no. series. Like the, the Heat are shooting 31.4% from three. The Knicks are shooting 28.2% from three. It's quite close. Um, yeah. And even when you look at the field goal percentage, it's not that far off either. Miami has 43.2 uh, from the field and the Knicks have 43.6. That It's been evenly matched. But as we talked about earlier, it's all the other intangibles. It's the hustle. It's the physicality. It's, you know, the discipline, that's the area Miami has just been winning throughout this, throughout this entire series. And if that's the, for the Knicks, man, they're just, they're just getting served what they're, what they've been good at throughout the regular season. And it's, it's tough to watch, but for your, for the talking points about the bench, right. And I, I found, I found the numbers when Josh Hart was traded for, to the Knicks, um, 
the Knicks bench was 10th in offensive rating and their second in field goal percentage, and they were fourth in net rating. That's when you had quickly Josh Hart, Toppin, uh, usually RJ runs with that second unit, and Isaiah Hartenstein. And, and since, you know, putting Josh Hart into the starting rotation and really throwing things off, you, you haven't seen that same spark. Also, we talked about quickly, right? Not having him, he hasn't been the same. Uh, but since they haven't been the same, and you're giving Miami that chance to kind of, you know, offensively, they haven't been the same. So if they can't get a bucket, it's just making it easy for Miami to get out in transition, to get into their sets. And I think it just throw off the entire rhythm, considering that Grimes was never part of that second unit either. So veterans know how to adapt to a new situation, right? Like we saw Andre Godala out in Golden State where it's like, hey, can you be the sixth man? You're seeing Kyle Lowry do it. He's embraced that six-man role, and he knows how to like really be that leader. It's tough for young guys who have never really had that experience to have to keep going back and forth in a series where you're asking them to now also rise to a certain occasion. So I think those type of changes – really impacted the Knicks as well. But Brady, going to get you out of here soon. Another question for you. Have you been surprised with how this series has unfolded? Well, I mean, originally I did say Heat and Six, and I feel like every, I think a lot of Knicks people I've heard from say Nick, Knicks and Six, and many Heat people I've talked to say Heat and Six, so it felt like there was not much uh, <laughs> parody there. Uh, but I mean, in terms of before the series, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised in that way. But since I've seen kind of when they headed back home, like when it was 1-1, I won't say that I'm very surprised. Like I, I felt like after that game two, uh, just the way that one played out to me just felt like it was you kind of felt the way it was heading. You could kind of feel the way uh, they just showed a lot of, you know, you could talk about those those cliche words like grit and, and being outworked, but it's like, when you have that lineup on the floor in that game too, and you're in a scenario where you're putting in a position to almost pull out that game. And it's like, you're feeling good heading back home in it, when it, in a game that you already got your split. So it was like, and you're getting Jimmy back. Everybody knew that he was getting a week off. So the way this played out up to this point, has it surprised me. Now the next part is where it gets interesting. Cause I, this feels like, uh, I mean, I, I should throw this back, back question back at you, but it feels like this is a scenario in MSG where, like th things could turn quickly, like doesn't it? Like it, like if they come out, if the Knicks come out to a slow start, like it feels like things could get for kind of the aura of the team and that building could go south pretty quickly, wouldn't it? Like it feels like that's gonna be a big deal in Game Five. We were asking you. Were, we were talking about this backstage, right? Confidence of going into this game and stuff yeah. like that. Uh, to answer your question, if the Knicks come out slow in a Game Five at home from mm -hmm. a Madison Square Garden crowd especially against the Miami heat, things can get sour very quickly. Um, yeah. I would not be surprised at booze. I would not be surprised at any of those things, regardless if you think it's right or not. And how this team performed, this team has performed. Look, I, and there's been a lot of discourse am, uh, amongst Nick's Twitter. And how do you look at the season? And it's been a successful season. Okay. Nick's for what they came into the season as many, including myself predicted that at its best would be a sixth seed. If everything clicked, they were a fifth seed. The hope was that we get a competitive first round. We're in the second round. This has been a successful season. I don't think many would come into the season and be like, oh yeah, I see the Knicks. Like, of course we have, we, we get callers on the show saying, Hey, see Eastern conference finals and, and all that type of stuff. And that's like annual. It's like someone believes that they're going to go. It's like, you, you always have that one optimistic fan. It's like, this is our year, right? <laughs> There's always going to be someone like that. 
Yeah. But if you're asking someone who's watched this team consistently and see like how it's grown, this has been a successful season so far. This has been house. This would, this is house money being in the second round for, for them. So, and it's good for, for the Knicks organization to see where they can add, what changes need to be, be made this off season been successful. But with that being said, the way that this team has played throughout this entire series has yeah. been disappointing because they have not played to what they're supposed to be from what we saw during the regular season. So if you get that in a game five, after how it just went on the road in Miami, it will be a tough look. It will mm-hmm. be a very tough look. Now, with that said, I do expect the Knicks to come out with some fire because they will be home. I do expect that the offense will do a little bit better uh, in game four. Uh, it was just that, I mean, you want to talk about the rebounds <laughs> in the fourth oh, yeah. quarter. That was brutal. I have the stats right here too. Just looking at the numbers, the number where that, where that thing go uh, fourth quarter. Knicks offense was fine. They, they were, they were shooting the three ball, eh, but they were still getting their points. But when you look at the fourth quarter and the Knicks have a total of eight rebounds, only one offensive board. And you look at Miami who had 17 rebounds and seven offensive boards in the fourth quarter alone. That's demoralizing. That is demoralizing. So the Knicks need to come out and play their game. Uh, I think they will show up once again, offensively. It just comes down to the defensive end, man, honestly for this team. And that's really what killed them yesterday. Giving up boards, not making the right rotations. You know, you see Mitch just having to Mitch is the natural safety valve for this team. But the fact that you're seeing, you know, Randall, like trying to stop Caleb Martin, who's now driving in. And then you're asking Mitch to make a rotation. Like that's rough, man. Mm-hmm. That's tough stuff. So I, I, I would expect my, I would expect New York to come out more aggressive, especially at home, because I don't think they want to hear the bluebirds. No, I and agree. Also think they want to win, obviously, but obviously they want to win, but also sprinkle on the fact the bluebirds is just going to be the chair on top to being like the worst of the worst. And you even mentioned the defense is the important part. Even when you mentioned the Caleb Moore thing, I was remembering plays where I'm like, Kevin Love, is that Kevin Love throwing a pump fake and getting to the rim? I was like, what, what year are we in? Like, what are we doing? And that oh, those yeah. were the plays like that happened multiple times where I watched Mitchell Robinson have to help off of Bam to go to Kevin Love on an attack. And I'm like, yeah, that's a problem. <laughs> like, that is a major win for Miami. I don't even care what the result of the play is. Like, that is a win for Miami because it's that's just this tough stuff. So uh yeah, to your point before, I, I do agree. I think uh New York's gonna kind of play uh aggressive early. I think they're gonna come out with that decent energy, I think, to start the game. I just think the difference, I think this 100 percent gonna be a clutch game. Like this feels to me like it's gonna be a clutch game down to the wire type of game, but we'll see what happens down the stretch. It's gonna be down to the details, it feels like, and we'll just see if uh in my personal opinion is I think Jimmy just kind of closes, just kind of does some things late in the game in a clutch game, but we'll see. Uh, but I do agree. I think that I think the Knicks could come out and kind of having that that home environment could mean better shooting than they probably have all all series. Uh, the question is just where is it coming from? Because I think the one guy that it'll loop back around to, and I know is the hot topic, is Randall. Like he's the guy that I think could increase the those three point shooting numbers because if he starts hitting some spot ups, I think he's kind of the trigger to a lot of the offense what they can run from there. So if they can get that going in Game Five, things look a lot different. If they can't. That's when you the Knicks better get in the mud. Like it better be a game where it's in the mud and you just kind of do some things defensively and you own the offensive boards. 
you were talking about those numbers like you were talking about the certain things being even it's like isn't i think the opposite boards in the series total is nixed by like by one like i think i think they have one more offensive board like that's a problem the bench points miami i think almost doubling the Knicks bench points in the series that's a problem so it's like they have to get back to their game if you're the Knicks. You have to be able to do the things that you did well all season. You need to take advantage of the the areas that you've been good in all year. I don't know if they can do the bench points thing just because they've been, to your point earlier, like they're down so many guys now that that's, that's a tough task. But they still have the ability to kind of be the 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 hustle, grind it out team that's going to own the offensive boards. They can do that. Or it's that that's what can kind of turn a game uh, starting tomorrow. Absolutely. And once again... This is, we are talking to Brady Hawk. Brady, we appreciate you for coming through and coming on. You can find Brady over at Five Reasons Sports. But Brady, please let our listeners know where they can find you if you got anything coming up. And uh, yeah. Uh, at Brady Hawk 305 on Twitter. And like you said, fivereasonsports.com uh, and the Five on the Floor podcast. That's pretty much it. And there you go. There you have it. Brady Hawk, awesome guest. This guy knows inside and out. I mean, look, he, he, he broke down what Spolster was doing what was it for game three you broke down what he was doing for game three you asked him that question he was staring you right through your soul because he's like don't give my game plan away come on what are you doing right here so make sure to give brady a follow make sure to to check out his work he does awesome stuff over at five reasons sports i know it's a little rough for for nicks fans to go check yeah. out his stuff but <laughs> brady knows what he's talking about over here but salute to nicks nation salute to all of you for checking and tuning in once again and make sure to hit that thumbs up button for your boys, okay? And make sure to check out KnicksFanTV.com where you can find Remy's recap after every single game. He'll detail and give you the player ratings for how each and every player performed. Also, make sure, if you listen to this and you can't catch it on YouTube, make sure to, to, to uh, download on all audio listening platforms, okay? Or subscribe to whatever audio listening platform you listen to. We're on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, Amazon, Alexa, Stitch, you name it, we're, we're there, all right? And make sure to share these audio clips. Make sure to share all these videos. Make sure to tune, let everybody else know to tune into KnicksFanTV.com uh, and KnicksFanTV YouTube and join the movement. All right, everyone. All right, Knicks Nation. Appreciate all you for tuning in once again. Suits all you, the mods, channel members. We'll catch you later after and before Game 5. We out. <laughs>